right, this song is an Advent song. It says, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Are you waiting to see the Savior's face? Oh, he is coming. He's coming back again. So soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. Are you ready? I say again, are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of our Lord, the coming Messiah? Come on, choir. One. Are you ready to see his Savior's face? 
Are you ready for the coming Savior? Sopranos, tell him. Are you ready? He is coming. concept of peace that accompanied the coming of Messiah. The word that comes to us from the prophet says he will be the peacemaker of the world. The word is intended to assure us that one was coming from God that would be the bearer of his everlasting and eternal peace. Micah ministered to God's people during one of the most exciting yet turbulent periods in human history. The Medo-Persian Empire was just being launched. Greek civilization was bordering on its golden age. Rome's empire was still in its infancy. Assyria was still enjoying her glory years. 
Egypt was still basking in the glow of her greatness. But with all of the greatness that was going on around them, God's people were caught up in tribulation. Israel's troubles ran from the top down. King Ahaz's administration was marked by one transgression after another. He didn't have the peace of God in his heart. Ahaz chased after idols. In fact, he closed the doors of the temple and set up idols to the god Moloch. In every corner of Jerusalem, Ahaz had these altars established. And the record shows that he even offered up one of his children as a human sacrifice to the god Moloch. My brothers and sisters, as we look forward to the celebration of Christ's coming, many of us are missing out on the peace of Christ because we're chasing after idols. You know, idol worship doesn't have anything to do with pieces of wood or carvings of stone. Idol worship is when we put anything or anyone ahead of our devotion to God. And by that definition, there are a whole lot of folk who are caught up in idol worship. And one of the things that I've discovered about folk caught up in idol worship is that they don't care what they have to sacrifice in order to get what they want. Like Ahaz, many have sacrificed family and friends. Others have sacrificed their personal integrity and their long-term security, trying to get everything they want right now. But eventually, you'll discover that it is unfulfilling to bow at any altar, save the altar of Almighty God. Fame is fleeting. Wealth can't buy happiness. I don't care how many Powerball tickets you purchase. Worldly power will not bring contentment. When all that other stuff has run its course, you'll still need something substantial, and that something is the peace of God's advent. First, Micah shows us that the peace of advent transcends conditions. Israel's condition was dire. There was corruption and there was violence and there was wickedness. But despite these realities, Micah's word from the Lord was that peace was coming. And he says that it was coming from an unlikely place. Micah said that the peacemaker would come from Bethlehem, which he describes as the runt of the litter. 
Bethlehem was a small village about six miles south of Jerusalem. It was the place where Rachel was buried by her husband Jacob after she died giving birth to Benjamin. Perhaps that's why Micah describes it as the runt of the litter, as Benjamin was Jacob's youngest son. Bethlehem was also the place where Samuel anointed David to be king to replace Saul on Israel's throne. Another instance where God chose the youngest as opposed to David's older brothers. In either instance, God was making a point in saying that Messiah would come from Bethlehem. And the point was this, from the smallest of places would come the biggest and most crucial gift to humanity, God's Messiah. Church, a good thing to know about the peace of Advent is that it transcends conditions. God specializes in doing great things with that which others have discarded. And I find that to be especially comforting because African-American people have been discarded and mistreated throughout their time in this land. We are considered to be the least. We are considered to be the last. We are the runt of the litter, and our condition is often grave and tragic. But the word from the prophet for us today is that our God is able to do great things despite the conditions that confront us if we remember the one who is the peacemaker. You may be down right now. You may be sad right now. You may be troubled right now. Your heart may be heavily burdened right now, but be of good cheer. Peace is available to you. We have God's promise that he has not left us alone, but that he has given us peace through our Messiah, Jesus. Then the peace of Advent is a positive response to God's justice. Into this terrible situation in Israel, Micah is sent by God bearing his word. One part of God's message was justice. If you look back at Micah chapter 2, God declares that he has had enough. He says disaster is going to come because of this interbreeding evil. He says your necks are on the line. He says you're not walking away from this. Doomsday is going to come to you. Then in chapter 3, he adds the time is coming when leaders will cry out for help, but I will not listen. He says, I'll turn my face the other way because of the history of their evil. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that our God is a God of justice. You see, justice means that God has established a standard 
for our living. Justice means that he has an expectation from us and that we are accountable to him for how we operate in this world. Let me tell you something. This world would be a better place if more of us embraced the justice of God. Government systems would better serve the needs of the poor and the marginalized if those who ran them embraced the justice of God. Business and industry would be a better community partner if owners and executives embraced the justice of God. I'm glad that God is a God of justice. And yet as much as I appreciate and respect his justice, I love God because he's merciful. See, mercy does things for me that justice just can't do. While justice points out my faults, mercy meets my needs. While, while justice condemns me, mercy gives me another chance. While justice puts me out, mercy draws me back in. And so while I respect God for his justice, I'm glad that the peace of Advent reminds me that there is a response to God's justice. And, and that response is a word of mercy. Micah says, trouble is going to come. The way will get dark. The load will get heavy. But after the trouble has passed, after the dark cloud has passed over, I have God's promise that he's going to send somebody to see about us out of Bethlehem, out of David's country, from that place which is considered to be the runt of the litter, from that place God will send the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. And he will be the world's peacemaker. Shiloh, as we celebrate the coming of God's Christ, we must understand that for there to really be peace, Jesus must be first in our lives. Jesus describes himself as a peacemaker. Have you ever read Matthew chapter 10? There he says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I, I came to turn sons against their fathers and daughters will refuse to obey their mothers and daughters-in-law will be against their mothers-in-law. Your enemies will be the members of your own household. He says, anyone who loves his father or his mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anybody who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. But if you want to be worthy of me, then you've got to be willing to take up your cross and you've got to follow me. He says, if you want to find your life, you've got to lose it in me. He says that if you want to be great, you have to make yourself the least in me. I'm glad that 
Advent is about a positive response to God's justice. And in that response, he brings us peace. Peace that transforms. Peace that changes. Peace that picks us up and turns us around. And if we would have true peace, then Jesus has to be in charge. So the prophet says that the peace of God will come in the form of Messiah. And the question must be asked, to what end will this peace come? What is the purpose of, of his coming? That's, that's the final point I want to leave with you. The peace of Advent accomplishes a divine end. You see, ever since humanity first rebelled in Eden, it was God's intention to bridge the breach that had been caused by our sin. Sin took hold of Cain and, and caused him to kill his brother Abel. Sin took hold of all humanity and, and caused God to regret ever making man. Even though Abraham was the father of the faithful, Abraham lied when Sin took hold of him. Even though Moses was the great deliverer, sin took hold of him and caused him to strike out in anger. Even though David was a man after God's own heart, sin got a hold of him, caused him to commit adultery and murder. And now sin had hold of Israel and sin was a source of great distress. But into this dreary sea, God promises peace. From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. From you will come the one that the whole world will hold in respect. And he will be the world's peacemaker. Well, 700 years passed after Micah gave that promise. And, and no doubt, somebody thought that God had forgotten about his promise. 700 years went by, and still there was no peace. 700 years went by, and we were still caught up in confusion. But when Jesus came, he declared that peace was at hand. I heard him say, God's spirit is on me because he's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. He sent me to announce pardon to the prisoners and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set the burden and battered free. He sent me to say that this is God's year to act. What is the divine end of this peace? Well, it was made manifest, not in Bethlehem, but on a hill called Calvary. Without the cross, you and I wouldn't know what peace could really do. You see, it was at the cross that our sin burden was eradicated. It was at the cross that we were freed from the burdens of sin and damnation. It was at the cross 
that we were given another chance. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that the story of his coming doesn't end at the manger. But it goes on to a hillside two miles outside the north gate of Jerusalem. Out there on that hill, Jesus allowed them to put nails in his hands and in his feet. Out there on that hill, he hung for six long hours between heaven and earth. Out there on that hill, he took your sin and my sin and died in our place. Out there on that hill, he hung his head in the locks of his shoulders and said, it's and they took him down on Friday. But if you just wait there, just a little while, wait Friday night, wait all day Saturday, but early Sunday morning, early Sunday morning before the cock crowed, early Sunday morning before the sun rose beyond the eastern hills. Early Sunday morning, God sent an angel out there to that tomb. And, and the angel rolled the stone away. And your Savior and my Savior got up from the grave with all power in his hand. I have peace. Not because he was born, but I have peace because he died in my place and rose with all power in his hand. Now, what does that mean? That means you can do what you want to do. You can say what you want to say. You can treat me any kind of way you want to treat me. I ain't worried about anything or anybody because my life is not in your hands. My life is in his hands, and, and he keeps me when others want to throw me away. He picks me up when others have cast me down. When, when people do their best to destroy me, he builds a hedge around me and makes my enemies behave. I have peace. You can stay up all night if you want to. I sleep like a baby because I have peace. Because Jesus is the Lord of my life. He is the good news. It ain't just for me. It ain't just for a select few. If anybody is hungry, let him come. If anybody is thirsty, let him come. If you're tired of being on the outside looking in, the door is open and you can come. If you're tired of falling when others around you are moving up, you can come. If you're tired of folk mistreating you and tearing you down, you can come. And the same peace that I have is available to you as well. If you would come and put your life in the Lord's hands. Choir's going to sing a hymn. Deacons are coming.